Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, December 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The European Union is paving the way to ban Russian gas, and U.S. oil production is way, way up. Plus, gold and Bitcoin are having a phenomenal week. We'll explain why this odd couple is doing so well. Some investors are just going, what the heck? I might as well put a bit into Bitcoin and a bit into gold because I don't have a strong conviction for next year. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The EU is considering a law that would allow member states to basically ban gas imports from Russia and Belarus. The FT has seen a draft of that legal text. More specifically, that measure would let countries ban Russian and Belarusian companies from buying capacity on EU gas pipelines. The law would also allow EU energy companies to end contracts with Russian energy providers without having to pay hefty compensation. That's according to a senior EU official. Negotiators from member states and the European Parliament are expected to approve the proposal today. The final version still has to be formally approved by the Parliament and 27 member states. Investors have been feeling, well, kind of frisky lately, to be honest. The price of gold hit a record this week. And Bitcoin, remember Bitcoin? The cryptocurrency is on fire. It's up to $43,000, nearly three times what it was at the beginning of the year. Here to unpack what's going on is the FT's U.S. Markets Editor, Jen Hughes. Hey, Jen. Hey there. All right, so let's start with gold. It usually goes down when interest rates go higher. Why are investors piling in now? I think there's several reasons that we can point to that might be behind the rise in gold. I'm not hearing strong conviction from people as to which one is really driving it. First of all, it gets used as a haven asset, meaning that people like to pile into it in times of trouble. We've got a lot of trouble in the Middle East right now. People want that sort of security. We've also got a situation where the dollar's weakening. That often leads gold higher because gold tends to be priced in dollars. So giving people in other currencies more purchasing power. There's also been some central bank buying. I mean, that's a longer term trend, but that's been going on as well. So it's a kind of a pick your reason for gold going up moment. Do you love Bitcoin as much as you love gold? Because Bitcoin has been on a tear despite the fact that FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was convicted of fraud. Former Binance head pleaded guilty to criminal charges after the U.S. Department of Justice went after him. Despite all those things, Bitcoin is having a banner year. How come? I forget who said this to me this week, but someone described gold as Bitcoin for boomers, which I really (laughs) liked. I just throw that one in there because it makes me laugh. I would put gold and Bitcoin together a bit here because we're talking about a speculative rally in risk assets. But it's so volatile. This is why I don't tend to like Bitcoin as much as gold, or I think it's one of those things I pay less attention to, because it could be any number of reasons. Sure, we've got a little bit more regulatory clarity, but not much. The SEC is still going after Binance, and there's various other cases. We think we're going to have this Bitcoin ETF coming up, exchange-traded fund. So that's another reason to think that the price might go up further. But mostly, I think it's just because it had gone down so much, it was 
there was enough interest in it still to rise. I'm sorry, I can't be more definitive than that. No, I mean, I think you're doing a good enough job considering how volatile Bitcoin is. And it is volatile. I mean, you can't you can't predict it. So, it, but this point in time that we're in is very interesting in the sense that like interest rates are high and people are piling into gold, which is a safe haven asset. It's not as potentially lucrative, but it is less risky. But they're also piling into Bitcoin, which is potentially more lucrative, but really risky. And then you have equities, which have perked up again. It's just like a weird time. What do you make of all this? <laughs> I think you summed it up pretty well there. I think it's just that we are still so uncertain on the outlook. There was that line from Fed Chair Jay Powell earlier this year about navigating by the stars under a cloudy sky. Well, we're still doing that. I mean, I've heard interest rate forecasts for next year. Some people think that you might get two to three 25 basis point cuts from the Fed. Others think 175 basis points, easy. And they didn't even think that was extreme. And I did. You've got such a range of interest rate forecasts that I think some investors are just going, what the heck? I might as well put a bit into Bitcoin and a bit into gold because I don't have a strong conviction for next year. So, yeah, I think it's just people spreading the risk. Jen Hughes is the FT's US markets editor and lover of gold and, you know, tolerates Bitcoin. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Oil production in the United States is booming right now. The latest numbers show that the country is producing more than 13 million barrels a day. Now, to put that into context, remember that during the pandemic, oil prices were below zero at one point, and U.S. oil companies had to slow production and even lay off workers. So 13 million barrels a day, that's a huge bounce back for the industry. But how is U.S. oil production affecting the global market? Here to explain is Miles McCormick. He covers U.S. energy for the FT. Hey, Miles. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, so what is this boom in oil production doing to the overall market? Yeah, so this is, this is a key question because the extent to which production has increased over the course of the past year has surprised everyone, from analysts to people within the industry. So... It is a key factor in pushing oil prices down now. Um, Listeners might remember just a few weeks ago, um, oil prices were very elevated in and around the time where uh, the conflict broke out in the Middle East. But prices have since been sliding big time, um, influenced in a large part by this prolific U.S. production. U.S. oil prices are now down below $70 a barrel. International oil prices, Brent crude, down below $75. So prices are at their lowest level in about five months. So the impact on the supply-demand dynamic has been quite significant. Is that a good thing, Miles? It sounds like a good thing. Yeah, well, I suppose as with all these things, it depends who you are. So to take on one hand, the OPEC producing countries, uh, Saudi Arabia and its allies, they have been pursuing a hardcore effort to try and bolster prices by implementing a series of production cuts. And that effort is being undercut by this 
prolific um, volume of oil that's coming out of the US. It might be good news for you if you are a motorist because lower crude prices mean lower gasoline prices. And in the US, as we go into an election year, that might be no bad thing for Joe Biden. On the other hand, the Biden administration is trying to lead an effort at the COP28 climate talks in Dubai to wean countries off fossil fuels in the long run. And that effort is a little bit harder if domestically the US is producing more oil, not just than any other country, but than any other country in history. Which they are currently doing, which is kind of wild to think about. But can US companies continue to produce enough to replace what OPEC cuts if they continue to do that, Miles? Yeah, so it's, it's tricky to, on a barrel-for-barrel basis, compare the two. But the evidence suggests that the U.S. will continue to grow production for the coming years. And that is going to frustrate OPEC producers that are trying to cut supply in order to prop up prices. And there are fears among some in the sector that um, OPEC could lose its patience and try to flood the space with oil and kill U.S. production once and for all. But for the moment, that doesn't seem like an immediate threat. Miles McCormick covers energy in the U.S. for the FT. Thanks, Miles. Thanks, Mark. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Michaela Tendera, Edith Russolo, Persis Love, Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.